to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. I'm a retired Baptist preacher with over 50 years experience in preaching and teaching the King James Bible, God's Holy Word. The purpose of this podcast is to present the Word of God as being just as relevant today as it was in the day that it was written. Join us as we continue our study on the pastoral epistles. Now, in part three of our study, we are going to look at the Lord's commandment to Christians, that it is for us today. We are going to see the danger of swerving aside from the Christian commandment. We are also going to see the danger of getting entangled with the law of commandments. In verse 5 of chapter 1, Paul says, Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned. The commandment that is given to us in the New Testament, as New Testament believers, can be found in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23, which says, And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. In this scripture, we see what the believer is to keep, and that is to love one another, to love like the Savior loves us. That's our calling. Jesus loved us enough to die for us. So we need and should love our brothers and sisters in the Lord, just like Jesus loves us. Charity, love, benevolence, goodwill is to come from a pure heart. This is the heart that the Lord has purified. We read this in Acts chapter 15 and verse 9. It says, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Only the Lord can change the heart of man. Before salvation, the scripture says that man's heart is wicked. Look at Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God alone knows just how wicked our hearts are. When we get saved, the Lord changes us into a new creature, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, which says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Before we get saved, we have heart trouble. Then the Lord fixes our hearts. Charity, love, benevolence, goodwill is to come from a good conscience, the Bible says. No lost man has a good conscience. Before we get saved, our conscience is defiled. Look at Titus chapter 1 and verse 15. There the scripture says, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. The lost man's conscience can be seared with a hot iron, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 says. 
Only after the Lord cleanses do we have a good conscience. This is the conscience necessary to our fulfilling the commandment that Jesus gave us to love one another. In John chapter 13 and verse 34, we are to have charity, love, benevolence, goodwill towards the brethren, and that through faith unfeigned. The word unfeigned is defined as not hypocritical. It's real. It's sincere. It's not hypocrisy. It's not play acting. This kind of charity is a blessing to experience and is a challenge to our hearts to have the same kind. So it is a stimulus to our faith to grow in the knowledge of the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, that others may see Jesus through our loving souls and loving his children, just like Jesus loved. We are not talking about play acting. That's hypocrisy. We're not talking about imitation. That too is hypocrisy. What God is calling for is for us to be real, to have real heartfelt charity toward one another. Love like Jesus loves. Then in verse 6, the scripture says, from which some having swerved have turned aside unto vain jangling. Swerved from what? They swerved from charity out of a pure heart, a good conscience, and faith unfeigned. This is a path that leads to disaster and shipwreck. When we no longer walk after a pure heart, we walk after an evil heart. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35, the scripture says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of the heart bringeth forth evil things. When we cease to walk after a pure heart, we then walk after our heart of flesh, which we've already seen is deceitful and desperately wicked. There is no more pure heart, pure conscience, nor faith unfeigned at that point in time. Now, man looks to his own deceitful heart, which is desperately wicked. He loses the goodness of his conscience, for now his thoughts accuse him for his impurity. And his faith is seen to be hypocrisy. He can only produce others that are just as messed up as he is. Remember, the scripture tells us everything brings forth after its kind. This is a principle that has not changed and it will, never will change. What is the preacher that is turned aside to vain jangling? What is he to do? Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5 says, he is to remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else, God says. God can set a man on the shelf if he refuses to repent from his wicked behavior. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
Paul's not talking about losing his salvation here, as some like to teach. But he's talking about losing the blessing of God on his ministry. Now, in verse 7 of chapter 1 of Timothy, Paul says of these that have turned aside to vain jangling, that they desire to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. Now, we know in Antioch, a group of Judaizers came desiring to do just the same thing as these. Paul and Barnabas end up going up to Jerusalem, and there the church meets to settle the question. Peter speaks to that question of whether a Christian must keep the law of Moses for salvation. Listen to his testimony. Turn your Bible to Acts chapter 15 and verse 7 through 11, and let's read it together. It says, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my voice should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why tempt ye God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even as they. Peter says that they could not bear the yoke of the law themselves, the Jews. Why then would you want to put the yoke of the law on the Gentiles? Paul and Barnabas then give testimony as to God's working among the Gentiles in Antioch to the Jew or to the church in Jerusalem. When they're finished, the conclusion that is arrived at in the church in Jerusalem is found in Acts chapter 15, verses 24 through 29. This is what they said to Christians at Antioch. Forasmuch as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that ye abstain from meats offered to idols, and from blood, and from things strangled, and from fornication, from which, if ye keep yourselves, ye shall do well. Fare ye well. In short, they said the law cannot save us, nor can it keep us saved. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 14. 
Scripture says, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Salvation is all of grace and none of works. The law was not given to save man. It was given to bring him to Christ. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 through 26. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. It is certain that those that desired to become teachers of the law did not understand what they said, nor whereof they affirmed. We find those that today seek to make the law a part of our salvation. For example, in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, to believe them and follow what they say is to live a life in deception and bondage. So we have seen then what the Christian commandment is, and that we are to keep the commandment to love one another. Doing so, we give testimony to the love of God in us. We have also learned the danger that existed in the church at Ephesus, because some had swerved away to the vain jangling of things that did not matter. Then we saw how there were those that sought to bring the law of commandments on the Christians at Ephesus. We learned why the law of commandments does not have a hold on us any longer. Join us for part four of our study on the pastoral epistles. Till then, God bless. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast. Now, before you go, if you live in the Riverside, California area, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Faith Baptist Church, where our pastor, Nathan Cook, preaches the Word of God from the King James Bible. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment, or maybe a prayer request, or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe, and you will get the next podcast just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. Join us in our next podcast as we continue our study on the pastoral epistles.